0: Good yeah, we'll do that again. Good morning. Good morning. All right. I hope today that we're not only in attendance, but we're present. You see, it's one thing to be here. It's another thing to be here. And so I hope that we're not only here, that we're in the seats, but we're also open with our hearts and our souls and our mind about what God might show to us today. I'm privileged to be here this morning uh, first of all, because Joe invited me, Marlene and I had the privilege of pastoring he and Laura for a couple years while at South Shore and, and, and he, he and I have been friends for a few years back and so this morning Marlene and I are, are just privileged to be here this morning and, and to worship with you, that it's not about us but it's about God. And how do we glorify Him? So not, not only is it a privilege this morning to be here, but, but today I'm going to share with you something and I'm passionate about. It's an advantage to be where I'm at because I, Joe gave me free reign to teach whatever I wanted, which is a scary thought if you don't know me. And then second of all, to know if you're upset about anything that I say, just email me at joe at mobilepreacher.org. And so um, I'm really thankful for today. Um, I am I'm passionate about this subject over I was thinking about of over the sermons and teachings that I've done over the years uh, probably exceeding a thousand I I probably didn't teach enough about what I want to share with you this morning but I believe what we I want to talk about today is important for two reasons first of all that it glorifies God. And so that's the major part this morning that I want to share, is that what I want to share with you actually is something that allows us to glorify God, which is why we're present on this earth, that we find out it's not about us, but it's actually about Him. Second of all, I believe it's important this teaching is because it's relevant for today's uh, culture, today's society, and no matter what your age is today, I hope that it's relevant to you. Today I want to talk about relationships. Today I want to talk about a relationship in, in dating and also in marriage. I, I feel it's, it's important to understand how God's created us to be in relationship with one another as a man and a woman. Um, yet at the same time, I will tell you, it's probably some of the hardest work if you haven't figured it out yet. It's kind of the hardest work because I've done education And uh, it's harder than education. I've done a. I've I've led a company. It's harder than leading a company. I've started a a company, and it's harder than starting a company. It's. uh, I'm raising kids. Uh, Marriage is tougher than raising kids. If you haven't figured it out, uh, marriage and being in relationships is hard work. And so, uh, over the last nearly 20 years. Marlene and I have been working on this hard work called marriage. Um, Some of you might right right now start getting going, I'll check out on this service because either I'm single or or we're we're far along in our marriage and we really don't need this. First of all, for those who are single, I wish I learned this stuff when I was single. Because as God prepared me for my marriage, I wish I had these tools that I want to share with you today. And I don't know about you, even 20 years into the marriage, I, I always want our marriage to be on an upper trajectory. I don't know about you, but I, want, I don't want a mediocre marriage. Because 20 years ago, when we moved down here 19 years ago, if you looked at me, you would say, man, he's in ministry. We're, we have a, a beautiful marriage, my wife in, in, in business. And if you looked at us from the outside, you'd go, man, they've got it together. But, you know, to be honest, the first four years of marriage, it wasn't going well. I'll tell you one thing, man, you, you guys look good. You're one of the most handsome worship services I've been in. But statistically, I'll tell you this much. In this room, I would say some of you might not be doing too well in your relationships. Because that's where we were. I'm passionate about this because it matters to God and to us. I, I believe that what God wants to do in us is something as the bride of Christ that, that, that God wants us to lead the way in, and that is not just mediocrity in our relationships, but we would be thriving and growing in our marriages and in our dating relationships. And so today, I just want to let you know that we're, we're, we're going to look at just two key verses today. And, and today, if you brought the, your word, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this. Peter says, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner, weaker meaning physically, not emotionally, not spiritually. We're equal. And as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder you and your prayers. And as Peter was sharing this uh, kind of as the first century Doctor Phil, I think he would he would look and say in, in different versions that word considered actually as the word "understanding." Husbands live in the same way to be understanding. ...as you live with your wives. And wives, as I share with you this morning... ...I believe that it's very important that you understand... ...that you need to live in an understanding way... ...or in other words, a considerate way with your your husbands. If you're dating, this applies as well. If you're in a long-term dating relationship... ...this this may be applying to you as well... ...that that as men and women we we should be considerate and understanding. In the Greek, though, that word understanding actually means knowledge. In other words... It says, husbands, in the same way, be knowledgeable about your wife. Wives, in the same way, be knowledgeable about your husband. Which means this. I live by this mantra. Our first move with regards to the opposite sex is usually the wrong move. I don't know if you found that out in your life. But our first move in a day-to-day relationship is usually the first wrong move. Meaning this, as men and women, we know this. We we see things differently. We have a different perspective. We have different emotions as men and women. We have different thoughts. We actually have been wired differently by God. Which means if I move into my relationship with my wife in a natural, fleshly, knowledgeable way, only gained by what I feel or think, I am so messed up. (laughs) Have you found that in life? That really Peter says, don't go by what you feel or think. You've got to gain more knowledge than what you presently have to understand your mate. If you're, if you're, and God might be preparing that person for you. So I, I I beg you today to, to engage and to hear some things and, and maybe some tools that we're going to talk about to really try to understand that opposite sex that, that we're crazily different. And I think God did it on purpose. I, I think God did it and he laughs because you know what? He's saying, you, you need me. You need me. You can't do it on your own. And I think that's why he did it. Our perspective, our emotions were so different. And so we have to work at it. And so over the last 16 years, Marlene and I have worked at this. It's been work. The first four years were tough because quite honestly, if you really want to know, I didn't work hard enough at our marriage. I didn't try to gain more knowledge. And so today I want to share with you that we made changes I made changes that were transformational. And today you might not go, you've got to go, where's the exegetical where's the uh, uh, scripture? Where, are we going to tear all these verses? And ch-? No, we're going to talk about application. I, I want us to look and say, man, how do we apply this thing called love? Called love. There was a great book. It's a New York Times bestseller, almost year in, year out by Gary Chapman called Five Love Languages. Today I want to share real briefly with you what those five love languages are, and then I want to expand it because I believe there's six and seven that I want to talk about. But today, you have to understand that love is not a feeling. Culture tells us love's a feeling. Love is a choice. The feelings actually come after we choose. I've counseled hundreds and hundreds of people. And and they're saying, you know, we just fell out of love. Huh? Huh? How do you do that? How do I fall out of love? You might have chosen to not love, but you didn't fall out of love. Because love's a choice. What we began to figure out is we weren't loving each other the way God created us to be loved. Real quick, if you want to, you might want to, if you desire to, write notes down. I just want to give you the five love languages. Real quick, I understand many of you are probably very well versed in this. But I want, to, I want to share with you that um, you might want to put these down because you might want to find out what your love language is and then uh, figure out maybe what your partner's love language is, your, your wife or your husband or someone you're dating. And, and you might want to figure these out. The first love language is gifts. Gifts. That means that you love as a symbol of love. You love to get gifts. It's not necessarily the price of the gift. It's the symbol of the gift. In fact, people who have the, the love language of gifts actually like to get more of them rather than one big gift. Men, can I give you something real quick? Men, never give a woman a dozen roses. <laughs> give her a, a rose a day for 12 days. Oh yeah, it works. It works. I'm telling you, it works. And we're in our mind, in our mind we're going, yeah, but that's just not cost effective. I don't care about being cost effective. I'm just telling you, don't do 12 roses, do a rose a day and man, you'll grab your heart. Some people have the gift of of, of, uh, love language of gifts. Some have an act of service. Some of us are loved by um, some people doing things for us. So when, when um, an, an act is done for us, man, it just fills our heart. When the car is clean, the, the grass is mowed, the, the house is clean. Oh man, you're loving me so well, right? Some of you have a gift of, of quality time. Some of you have love a love language called quality time. And you just love spending time with your husband or your wife or, and you're dating. You just love that, that engaged quality time because that's how your love tank is filled, is when you spend that quality time uninterrupted, uninterrupted but anything else that quality time some of you have a love language called affection or touch oh man some of you just go can you give me a back rub or can you rub my feet you know and all of a sudden you're going that's my love language because I love that I love when you hold my hand or give me a hug or you put your arm you just touch my leg that means so much to me that's your love language it's called touch. It's called affection. And then finally, your words of affirmation. There's a love language that's words of affirmation. That means that you love it when you're built up, when you're told how good you are and how well you're doing. Honey, you're doing such a great job in your career. You're such a great provider. Honey, you're a great mother. Do you want to realize you're the greatest wife that has ever been created on this earth? And, and all of a sudden, your love tanks get, get filled up. And you go, man, what's this got to do with with anything? Well, I hope, hope you understand, man, this is deeply spiritual. This is deeply spiritual. For two reasons. It's deeply spiritual because God created us this way. And second of all, because we have a divorce rate in the American church that is equal to our culture. Agnostics and atheists have a greater marriage rate than we do this matters you might you might go man what do these love language have to do with anything and I just I wanna know man it it matters because 16 years ago when our marriage was mediocre and I committed adultery on my wife for four years and I had a mistress on the side it matters and by the way Having a mistress or committing adultery is not a sexual act. That's a byproduct. Adultery is whenever you move your heart to something or someone else rather than your mate. That's adultery. That's having a mistress. My mistress looked really good. It was called ministry. It was called youth. So while my wife was home, I was committing adultery in ministry and some of you have an adulteress and a mistress called work and some of you have a mistress and you're committing adultery called children because you're putting your child above your marriage and that's called adultery. This is deeply spiritual and this is deeply, deeply important to God. So when I came home from work, when I did, I would love my wife. I'd go out and mow. woo, And I'd clean the car and I'd do the dishes and I'd clean the home. Why? Because I was loving her the way that I'm loved. The problem was her love language was quality time and touch. And so while I was doing all the hard work, she was waiting for me on the couch. And I never showed up. Oh, why does it matter? It matters greatly because when we changed that, when we recognized it and we began to live into it, uh, we got out of stuck. We got out of mediocre. And we began to move in our relationship. See, it's not based on what I feel. It's based on knowing how I can love my wife the way she's been created so I can live into it. And she loves me the same way. And some of you go, you know, some of you have said, man, um, you've even used words like this. Honey, get over it. No, I'm not going to rub your shoulder. Get over it. Well, why, why do you always have to have encouragement from me? Why? Because that's our love language. Foolish is the man or woman. Foolish is the man or woman who does not live into the love language of their mate. Foolish is the one who dates and does not learn their love language. So, how many of you right now could identify your top two love languages? Huh? Real quick, just raise your hand. Some of Okay, and some of you would go, I've never heard this before. That's good. That means you walk away with a new nugget. Now, here's the question. How many of you could identify your mate's love language? Thank you, I've got two hands here. Now, three, four, good. Here's, here is a, an assignment for you. Men, men who are married, who are dating, at lunch, or I'll give you 24 hours, I would encourage you to find out what your wife's or girlfriend's love language is. And in fact, find out what your own is. And live into it because this this is important to learn to love like first Peter said to understand don't go off what you feel but learn how to love your wife and your husband in your dating learn how to love the young lady or the young man Because it's more than just your feeling or your flesh. you got to learn knowledge. Okay, that's the easy stuff. That was the easy teaching. Let's go to the next scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and two will become one flesh. That profound mystery, this unbelievable spiritual thought that when we become married, that there's this oneness that occurs. It's an amazing thought, another teaching. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Isn't it interesting that it says... And you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must love her husband. That's odd. That's not what it says. And the wife must respect her husband. Ladies, I want to share with you something of the man's sixth love language. Our sixth love language is called respect and honor to be admired ladies i want you to know something that the apostle paul didn't get it wrong he got it right one of our greatest needs in the way that you can love us is to admire us to give us um respect to lift us up with words and 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 to know that that fills our tank we have an honor code as a man that we have in us and and I'll just let you know, most men—we want to provide for our families. We want to be a, a, a protectorate. We, we we have a warrior spirit in us, and and that's most men. Now there's some uh, some men, and I, I, I admit some men have have delegated that to somebody else. They, they have shirked their responsibility. But in general, I'm telling you, ladies, that men, we have this desire to take care of you, and, and we want to take care of the family. And one of our greatest needs is to be respected. It's just the way we've been created. Now, I want to share with you that one time, and let me give you an example, one of the ways that And during the time of conflict, it really is a challenge because all of us have times of challenge. I call it everyday conflict, just conflict that comes up every day. I want to let you know, ladies, that this is the time that most likely you're going to ding us. You're going to hit our respect button. It might look like this. Ladies, you believe that the longer the conversation goes, the better. Men, I'm making a very general statement here, and I, I know there's some men that disagree, but in general, we're not very long conversationalists. Ladies, you speak about twenty-three to 25,000 words a day. We speak about twelve to 14,000. In general, we're more quiet. So in a conflict or in a time of, of a, um, everyday conflict, um, the, the tendency is is as you try to fix us, the longer it goes. And most likely, there's a good opportunity that you're going to criticize us or, in fact, try to fix us with your words. Have you found out that that's worked, ladies? Yeah, it doesn't work very well. And so um, we're built this way. And I don't know about you men, but many times when, when that has occurred in our marriage, I shut down. I go quiet. I walk away. I remember I was in a session and a lady raised her hand and, and she goes, why is it that when uh, I was in a 30 minute conversation with my husband and he just walked out? And I said, he lasted 30 minutes? Are you kidding me? I'm gone in five. <laughs> Ladies, I just want to let you know that, that during this time we're not long and we shut down and, and and you have to understand because we have a respect button inside of us, and when you deem that, our tendency is is rather by our honor not going back at you, we will shut down, go quiet, and walk away. Men, would that be in general true? Yeah. Deep down we have this deep desire to protect you and provide for you, and and we don't want to shrug these and we don't want to abandon that, but when you hit that button. It's hard to engage. So I want to share with you just a, a couple of things. I remember, Marlene, I remember several months back, I had just taught at 360 and that's where we attend and as a family and I was filling the pulpit for Pastor Steve and, and, and I was just sharing uh, from my heart and on the way down to Venice, uh, she, just ra- she just reached over and grabbed me and said, honey, I'm just so proud to be your wife. And, and she didn't know, I, hey, thank you, but you don't understand A a, a day later, I texted her. And I said, honey, do you realize how much that meant to me? Because what she was doing is she was showing her admiration and respect for me as her husband. Ladies, you have to understand, this is vital. Vital for us to hear that from you. But we've also been in public situations with couples where actually this occurs. The woman sarcastically begins to put down her husband in everybody's midst. And it's almost this uncomfortable moment where you're going, what am I supposed to do with this? And you can just see the shoulders of the man just, just hunch. And he doesn't know what to do. Ladies, there are Bible studies going on right now where the number one topic is criticizing their husbands. Can I share with you, my wife has left those Bible studies. She's let go of friends because she realizes that's toxic for our marriage. Ladies, don't find yourself in those situations or correct them because we, we need to work as one. We, we need you so much as ladies to build us up. And then men, men, we need to love our wives as we love ourselves which is one tough thing because we're supposed to be like Christ who died for the church which means that we are to die to ourselves and that's really hard for a narcissistic prideful selfish man like I'm I'm depraved and this is a battle but but men our wives are like fine crystal young men who are dating young women I want to share with you that they, that they are a, they are a daughter of, of a man and a woman. She is a, a child of God. That she needs to be respected. As you date her, she is fine crystal to be presented and to be cared for. And men, that's our responsibility. Is to love and to care for her. And what she needs from us is deep trust. And she needs what's called conversational companionship. It's the one that, that draws deep to a woman's heart. is when, when she knows that she's got our heart. It's amazing during courtship how this all works out, isn't it? it it's amazing during our courtships with our wives how open we are and how we share with them our hearts. And then the ring goes on. And I don't know about you, we shut down. And all of a sudden the woman's going, where'd he go? Wait, I thought I had a different man. Because men, do you want to know something? Actually, our wives were drawn to us because they hurt our heart. I mean, some of you are great looking men. huh? I'm not there. But I'll let you know, your looks didn't grab your wife. I think they, they saw your heart and they were moved to you. I want to let you know that, that women have a great need to know who we are and, and who we are. That's why uh, 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 marriages who pray together, play together, stay together. 95% of marriages that pray together, play together, stay together. Which means there's just something about this, this activity that as men, we, we need to engage our wives. We can't shut down. They need to know our heart. And I know this as a man, man. I I know this personally because it's hard. My nature says I'm going to go quiet. My nature is I don't, I don't want to get my heart. My first four years of marriage, my wife did not get my heart. I didn't trust her. I didn't share with her my dreams or my fears or my goals or what I wanted for our marriage. I didn't let her in until I decided and I looked in the mirror saying, I know we're not going to get divorced, but if we keep going like this, I'm going to have one mediocre marriage. And there was something inside of me saying, man, I've got to change. And all of a sudden, I, I, she she allowed me to to come into her world, and I, I, I began to share with her and become authentic. You know, we can be quiet by nature. Some of you go, Brian, I just want to let you know I'm quiet by nature, and I don't, I don't talk that much, and I, I don't really care. That doesn't cut it when it comes to your wife. That doesn't cut it when you're dating. Our wives need to know our hearts And that's where we bond is because we love them when we share with them, when we give them trust. And when we give our hearts to them, they trust us more. Don't break that trust. Don't break that trust. I I realize she didn't have my total heart. But then when I made that decision, um, she gave me a safe place where we could talk again. Men, do, have you created a safe place for your wife where you can share? I, I want to ch- share with you right now that, that um, this has been a journey for me because my nature is I can be very defensive and sarcastic. That's a gift from God that He's given me. It's called sarcasm. And um, something i got to work on is because I realized I, I didn't give my wife a, a safe place. And so when she knew I was trying and I was trying to let her know my heart and to trust and to give it to her. She, she, I, 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 I say it this way. She let me color outside the lines. She knew I was, I was trying to color in the lines. I was trying to do my best. But once in a while I go, bink! And I heard her. But she knew I was trying. Have you created a safe place to have a, a conversation and, and ladies, when we try to do this, please don't mock us. Please, please let us have a place where we can come. Because this is love. This is a heart. I've got so much to share. He gave me 60 minutes, but... No, just kidding. <laughs> I know some of you are real nervous right now. Um... Listen, I get tired of listening to myself after 30 minutes, so I'm tired of myself right now. But I want to let you share. I wonder how many of you need to create a space that's safe because it matters. I wonder how many of you need to, to go out for lunch, just the two of you, and just go, will you forgive me? Because I've hurt you so bad. Can we start again? Men, I tell you what, this is the most courageous act in our marriages so many times is is to get out of the comfort and to get out of the norm and, and get away with all the stuff that we've created to be idols and to look at our wives and say, I treasure you and I want to start anew. I'm done living a mediocre marriage and I want to love you as Christ loved the church to the best of my ability. I want to die to myself and live for you. Will you give me a chance to do this? I want to try, but I don't want to live this way anymore and as wives, that you would go, I'm, I'm going to open up a little bit, and I'm going to try to create a safe place, knowing that you're going to try, because I want something greater, because it's the greatest gift that we could give our kids, is to have a great marriage. Men, ladies and men who are dating, and, or God's going to do that with you in the f- future, as you stay pure in your sexuality, and you're, and you're staying pure with your mind, and and, and with the gift that He's given us in terms of sex, and you're keeping that pure. Um, begin to do this relationship and learn how, how, to, how to love one another because marriage, I think most of us here, it gets harder. I mean, young people, I would say with you, you think it, it gets better. It gets harder. It does get better, but I'll tell you this much. It's a hard, hard trail, and you've got to want it. Today I wonder if Christ would look down and say to the bride of Christ here at the garden on the campus of Church of the Palms, he would say, bride of Christ, that you would be men and women that would glorify me with your relationships, that you would try to understand each other more, that you would realize that feeling comes after choice and today begin to choose to love one another in a way that, that would glorify me and, and begin by men, men, make the first move. this is what we do this is what we do in cities this is what we're all about it's called manhood it's called manhood you're in this Mexican standoff right now even as you're sitting here going this is the most uncomfortable message I've ever heard can we leave now? not yet <laughs> um, you're gonna have to say and I'm, I'm sharing with you men I expect you to make the first move because this is called manhood that we get out of this Mexican standoff and to make the first move and to acknowledge, I want to love you more. Let's go talk about our love languages. let's Let's go talk about what God has in store for us. Are you willing to do that? You don't have to raise your hand. You just might want to acknowledge that to God as we pray. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this morning and thank you for your word and thank you that you don't leave us astray as orphans, that you don't give us the knowledge that we need. But God, we need tools and we need to understand that love, love is a choice and love is not a feeling. Oh God, forgive me when I've always been about my feelings. So God, I want more knowledge as a man. I want to become a greater husband. I want to become a greater father. I pray for the the wives and the husbands in this room today. I I pray right now the, the that, that, that they have a new love for one another. God, begin to, to move in our midst. I pray for healing right now. I pray that you begin to do a salve through your Holy Spirit that will begin a, a healing touch. I pray for those right now, even this message has, has hurt their heart, God, because, it, it, because of their past or their present situations, God, right now. Be, their, be the, 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 the Father that you are to us. And God, let us, let us look forward to the future. I pray for those who are single in this room, that, that you, you come together with them, a, a mate, that you have, have special for them, God. Let them not rush that process, but, but, but be, get prepared. So I pray that we will put this into context in all that we do, and that, God, we would submit to your ways and your wills to glorify you so that the bride of Christ would be the front runner in this nation with, with healthy, vibrant relationships and marriages. And this would be our prayer. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen.